Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gospel Forum Podcast. My name is Dan Sardinas, and we're here live at Grace Baptist Church in Cape Coral, Florida. Uh, the brothers here and I just uh, attended a uh, pastor's lunch with Tom Askell uh, and Founders Ministry. We're all excited to be here and so glad that you've joined us again. If you've never heard of the Gospel Forum, please visit us on our website, thegospelforum.com, and of course, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast catcher. Well, let's just do some quick introductions. This is going to be a little bit of a different kind of episode. We all happen to be together and we wanted to get this out. It's going to be a little break in our series on the Ordo Salutis, and we'll return to that series the next time. But let's go to my far left and let's do introductions around the table. I think you should know everyone already, but let's do it. All right. Josh Sherrill, Associate Pastor at Providence Church of Lehigh Acres, Florida. I'm Micah Sandowich, one of the pastors at Shoreline Church. And I am Sean Otto, lead pastor at Bethel Mennonite Church. I'm Pilgrim Benham, one of the pastors at Shoreline. I'm Alan Quinones, a teaching pastor at Grace Fellowship Church in Bradenton. All right. Well, thank you, brothers. And I'm Dan Sardinas at Northwest Baptist Church in Bradenton, Florida. So we do have some exciting news. We told you about the last time. We are going to be having our first ever conference, and it will be for men this coming November. Pilgrim, tell us more about it and how people can come and sign up. Yeah, we're excited about it. It's November 12th. Uh, it's going to be uh, registration and breakfast around 8 a.m. The conference will start officially around 9 a.m. and it'll go to around 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we want to encourage men to come out. Uh, we've, we're keeping the cost relatively inexpensive, so it's under the $20 threshold at this time. Uh, and we can take registrations on thegospelforum.com. There's a banner at the top of the website. You just click on that. Uh, it'll require you to enter some information and pay. And then uh, we're also having a a three-on-three basketball tournament Mm. as well as a cornhole two-on-two cornhole tournament i have a question do you have to have your teams figured out when you register or is it like a is there a draft or uh yeah i think you have to have your teams Uh, if you're an odd man we'll put you on the team okay so i'm not sure if you said the price but up until november the first it is 15 dollars per person and then after november first it'll be 20 dollars a person so and the ages are for 13 and up so we want right so we want uh dads with uh with teenagers we want them to uh, come as well and so come we're going to be studying the book of titus uh we're going to be having some uh plenary sessions we're going to be having a couple of breakouts maybe going on so book giveaway uh, we're going to be giving yeah. away a book. You're going to yeah. get barbecue, barbecue. donuts, coffee wow, for 15 bucks. Wow. So, so we're studying the book of Titus. And Titus. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. Titus. Wow. Even, yeah. 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 We, can't, right. we can't forget about that. Good segue. Good segue. So anyway, speaking of Titus, the gospelforum.com is where, we're going, where you can register for that. Please do so right away. All right. Well, this is a special episode. Uh, we're here at Grace Baptist Church, Cape Coral. Let's talk about elders. Um, first of all, let's define what an elder is and uh, talk about why we want to be a help in this way to those who are listening. So who wants to start us off? What is an elder? Are we talking about an older man or is this an office of a church? Officer of a church. Well, the, it is an office of the church. Uh, an elder is not. It, it, it could be an older man. It's not somebody who's a new convert, the scripture says. So uh, someone who has been in the faith. But it is an office of the church. It, it, they are called to give spiritual oversight uh, to a, a local congregation. Okay. okay. Yeah, God's word describes an elder as one who shepherds the flock, mm. that cares and tends uh, for the sheep, for the, 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 the congregation that has been 
put under his uh, the or couple guys uh, mm-hmm. plurality that's mm-hmm. also biblical but those uh, under their care good so an elder is a pastor yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah typically i think what most evangelical churches would probably use the the title pastor mm-hmm. but really a, a more biblical the biblical office is called elder repeatedly throughout the New Testament, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in First Peter 5, he uses the words interchangeably. Yeah, there's more than one word, you know, mm-hmm. that obviously. Um, but yes, but I'm just thinking for people who are just saying, hey, we don't have elders at our church or an elder. Well, it's also pastor mm-hmm. is, an, is, an, is the same title. Mm-hmm. Very good. And where do we find the biblical concept of elders? So, I mean, can anyone be an elder or is there some qualifications that the scriptures have laid out for us? Who wants to jump in there? No. Not, no just, not just anyone can be okay. an elder. <laughs> yes. So who very can, important. So who yeah. can be an elder? I mean, how is it defined by gender, by experience, by seminary degrees? I mean, what, what, what does the Bible say? Well, the Bible is very specific. It's yeah. not just uh, I have a desire and I'm available or I'm charismatic in my uh, uh, speaking ability. Mm-hmm. And so I should be, you know, I should be put in this place of preaching or I should be in this place of leadership because I'm just a an outgoing uh, leader. Uh, there's very specific character descriptions in the scripture uh, to actually safeguard and be very clear on uh, who is and who is not qualified to be an elder. So there's actually, uh, it's not, again, it's not something that we come to and say, well, we're being biased right. because uh, we have some uh, some worldly standard. It's actually, it's very biblical. There's a biblical qualification standard in line mm-hmm. that we can um, easily and clearly define. Okay, mm-hmm. good. And those are laid out for us in the scriptures. So in what's called the pastoral epistles, so 1 Timothy 3, uh, Titus 1, you see specific qualifications for an elder. Uh, in 1 Peter 5, uh, Peter addresses it as well. Uh, but there's character qualities uh, that are listed there. And then there is the uh, spiritual gift of teaching, the ability to exposit the scripture and to explain the scripture. So again, it's not the person with the most money or the most number of degrees in the church, um, but it's those men, and we'll talk about gender specifically, but those men uh, who meet the qualifications as laid out by scripture. Right, right. So it's not necessarily about uh, your experience in life, maybe, or your personality or your skills, right? It's about necessarily your character. And those are really the qualifications that the scriptures lays out. Specifically in First Timothy chapter three, like Sean mentioned. So let's read some of those or all of them um, qualifications in First Timothy chapter three. Who wants to start there? I think Alan should read it. Yeah. Alan, we need to hear from you, brother. Go okay, ahead. so First uh, Timothy three, verse one says, "It is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires to the office of overseer, it is a fine work he desires to do." Now, should I stop here, or what? If you want. Well, I mean, we can always make the statement here that um, it is, uh, obviously, Paul is saying it is a fine work. Um, There should be men who are encouraged in our churches to to aspire to this office. Uh, uh, Leadership in a church is not a club, Mm. Uh, but it should be open to anyone and everyone who who aspires, who qualifies. Mm. And this is where Paul is going to go into now, right? right? Uh, He desires a fine work. And then verse 2 says, an overseer then must be above reproach. The term therefore above reproach means something that doesn't, nothing sticks. Mm -hmm. Obviously you will be attacked, your character will be attacked. 
uh, Paul was attacked in every single way, but nothing stuck. Mm. No charge could uh, be really brought against them and succeed. Mm. It's not sinless, though, either. Correct. It's blameless. Blameless, not sinless. Blameless, not sinless. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, and then, and then says, so it says, uh, the, this, is, this is what being above reproach means, and these are the qualifications. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the husband of one wife. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about what that means? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Does it mean that I can only have one wife? Yeah. <laughs> you mean at a yeah. time? At a time. <laughs> <laughs> definitely yes. one wife at a time. <laughs> would a divorced man qualify for eldership? Go ahead. Some would say no. Some yeah. would say yes. Mm-hmm. It's been a debate in the church. I think yeah. what he's yeah. talking about here is that he's he's a one woman man. He's yeah. faithful right. yeah. Uh, yeah. to the to his current wife. That his faithfulness is there. Yeah. I, I, I we don't want to spend too much time on this, but when you bring in the issue of divorce, there's a whole lot to consider there. Mm-hmm. What were the circumstances sure. of the previous? Even if he's a one woman man now. Yeah. What were the circumstances of his previous divorce? Those things come into play. So that, sure. that's really opening up a whole other conversation. We get into that right. for sure. So sure, difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. But that, again, we all agree that it's the concept of faithfulness. That's right. A model who could love his wife, be yeah. faithful to her, and, uh, and and shepherd her well as as well. And while we're on this point, it's the husband. So this is a male. Oh, okay. okay. Mystery that's solved. That's more obvious. Thank you, Pilgrim. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, even even. Verse one there, right, is very, very clear. If any man aspires, right? Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, there's no question. Mm-hmm. Our culture would like to bring that into question, uh, but it's very clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, good point. Right. All right, continue with the next one. Okay, the next one is temperate. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, at the uh, very least, someone who's not given out, someone who's not a drunkard, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, so the ESV says sober-minded. So someone who has... Um, a, a, a gravity to himself. He, yeah. he he can be funny, of course. But he's he can serious also be minded. serious. Yeah. He's serious he, minded. He takes serious what should be taken seriously. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not flippant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not yeah. always concerned about try about what he how he's making other people think about his actions. Mm-hmm. And that kind I of touches those on the next one, yeah. which is prudent. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Someone yeah. who's prudent. Mm-hmm. What, what translation are you reading from? Man? NAS. NAS. Okay. Yeah. No problem. Are you guys reading something? I have that. That's right. ESV. Yeah, ESV. I was just making sure. Okay, do you need to read your... No, no. I think the qualifications are the same in the NES. Is that right? What translation did Paul say we had to use? The King James. There you go. All right, go ahead. Next up is respectable. And I think this is pretty obvious what that is. Hospitable. Able to teach. Not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care, take care of the church of God and not a new convert so that he will not become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil? And he must have a good reputation with those outside the church so that he will not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Mm-hmm. So very good. So really all of those are kind of character issues. Mm-hmm. With The only thing that would maybe be a skill would be able to teach. Yeah. Um, but even then, I think that's a, a course comes with the gifting of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, part of that office is a pastor-teacher. Um, and so sometimes I think churches today are guilty of looking for the most competent, skillful, educated person to fill the pulpit. 
which of course some of those are, are necessary. You know what I mean? You just don't want to have anyone up there. And they dismiss these characteristics as being primary because they're going to be in front of people every week and they're going to be the spokesman for the church for the most part. So we got to put up the best personality we can. And yet so many of those people fall down, right? And they fall down hard because they were not qualified here. And of course, any man, no matter who you are, can be guilty of any of these things. Mm-hmm. And this is why we must all guard our hearts and guard ourselves. Amen. Yeah. Right. That wouldn't exclude, though, at the same time. God's Word does not require uh, a seminary degree. And, no. But it also does not mean uh, the opposite end of that either, where you have uh, a man who does not is not able to teach God's Word, does not understand and to be able to defend God's Word. Mm-hmm. We're called to study ourselves, uh, show ourselves approved, right? Mm-hmm. A, a worker who is not ashamed. And so on the flip side... Uh, you, you have to be confident in God's Word. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Because, I mean, how can yeah. you teach if you right. don't even know what the Bible says? Mm-hmm. How, you know, right? So you're going to be responsible for, for feeding right. God's people yeah. the Word right. week in and week out. And if you don't know what it is, then how could you teach it? I mean, of course, you could have gifted speakers who are ignorant of truth. Mm-hmm. What good is that? Yeah. And we, right. ha- we have a lot of that, don't we? We have yeah, a lot sure. of charismatic people who could speak well, mm-hmm. but their, their doctrine is very shallow. Yeah, Jeremiah, uh, I was just looking at this recently, Jeremiah 8, where uh, the, the prophet says, uh, everyone's greedy for gain. He's condemning uh, the nation of Israel and why, providing the reasons why they were going into captivity and why they were experiencing the problems that they were experiencing. And he says, from the prophet even to the priest, everyone practices deceit. They heal the brokenness of the daughter of my people superficially, saying, peace, peace, but there is no peace. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the uh, pastoral office, you know. Are you a, a faithful minister of the word who can, who 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 can uh, avoid the temptation or overcome the temptation of speaking peace mm. where there is no peace? Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not creating a new message. We're relaying it. We're declaring right. what is already true. Yeah. Yeah. I love what John MacArthur says. I'm sure you guys have heard it. He says, you know, a preacher should be more like a waiter than a chef. Yeah. Your job is not to bring make the food. Your job is to bring it from the kitchen to the table without messing it up. <laughs> you know, I love that. And let's just bring it from the kitchen to the table without messing it up instead of recreating new doctrine and flashiness of how to present it. Just give them the truth. Tell them what the Bible says and give it to them the way it was supposed to be given. Yeah. You know, I love I love that quote from MacArthur. Titus 1 verse 9 calls elders to hold fast the faithful word which is in accordance with the teaching so that he will be able both to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict mm-hmm. you know and so not only is it bringing that good yeah. food to the table but it's making sure it's not poison make right? sure the bad food yeah, is right that's right yeah. 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 that's that's, right. that's very insightful it, i mean uh, so many ministries today want to focus only on the positive Mm. But when, but are you able also to to say what the truth isn't, mm-hmm. and exhort your people with that? Yeah, part of it. I mean, that's the qualifications that he gives the elders in Titus. You know, you have to be able to refute, mm-hmm. right, and to rebuke um, according to sound doctrine, and call people out, especially those within the local church mm-hmm. who are causing divisions about things that are not true, or dividing people, uh, mm-hmm. swaying them away from the truth. So, I mean, I think a man is unqualified if he's not able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's going to be too cowardly to call out error and mm-hmm. point out error, 
then I think that's an un, that's a disqualification. Mm-hmm. So a, a, an elder can't be timid. I think is what he's is trying mm-hmm. to say there. We, and the reason is because what's at stake? What's mm-hmm. at stake here is God's people, right? Right? It's God's church that we've been tasked for. Um, I love what Paul says to the Ephesian elders in, in Acts chapter twenty. He says to them as he's giving his farewell address. In Acts 20, I don't have my glasses with me. Um, That's what happens when you're 45. Um, Pay careful attention to yourselves, verse 28, and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. I mean, all the way back to the first century, there was issues with false doctrine yeah. and people trying to sneak in and, and disrupt God's people. Um, but how an elder is supposed to do that is, number one, is pay careful attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about that for a moment because we have all these qualifications. What does it mean for an elder to pay attention to yourself? And why is that, why is that important? I think that, um, you know, when we read... It's come up a few times already, but even in First Peter 5, when it says to be an example to the flock, um, our lives as pastors, it's not so much, and I think this is a good word for people listening that don't aspire, <laughs> mm-hmm. that our lives are meant to be exemplary so that the people who we are leading would follow. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul said, be imitators of me as I am an imitator of God. That is the wor- That is part of the role of a pastor, and therefore... Um, like James says, not many of you should be teachers because those who teach are judged with greater strictness. Right. Our, our lives are going to be put through a strainer at times. Uh, but the purpose of all of this is so that we would be a good example to the flock so that they would, uh, that they would follow in those steps and, and uh, seek after God in the same way. Amen. That, those are the reasons why we're called to this. So as men... Um, who don't aspire, when we read these qualifications, we shouldn't just say, well, I'm glad I'm not aspiring, mm-hmm. or I'm glad I'm not called to that work. No, um, you're called to follow the example of your elders, mm-hmm. uh, and, and your elders leave the example for you to follow. Mm-hmm. There's other places in Scripture we could go that talk about following that example. Um, you know, Hebrews is, is, is another place you could look at. In Hebrews 13, 17, it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who have to give an account. That's, yes. a, that's a heavy weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a heavy weight that pastors bear. Uh, and it says, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that will be of no advantage to you. Mm-hmm. So following the example, understanding the weight uh, uh, that your pastor bears before God and for you, pray for your pastor in that. Follow the example. Yeah. That, that, those are the reasons why you pastors have to be so concerned about our lives. Right. Because we are... We are on the front lines. Wow, in, in good word, Josh. Thank you. Even the the ability to teach, which is you know arguably something that you know somebody maybe who's not called to be a pastor has no control over. But if you're a man in the church, mm-hmm. you are, you are the teacher. Why? If you are the teacher, your mm-hmm. children. So even that is mm-hmm. can, in a sense a moral qualification. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think good point. earlier we said uh, a pass or an elder is not sinless but blameless. Okay, so each of us as pastors and elders. Uh, have our own unique temptations that we know our hearts are drawn toward this and so to pay attention to ourselves I think means being aware of that and building into our lives 
um, accountability, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. people that come around us that are going to ask us those tough questions, being open and transparent with our fellow yeah. elders and others so that we ourselves don't fall mm-hmm. into sin and therefore disqualify ourselves mm-hmm. or destroy the flock that is supposed to be looking right. to us as an example. Right. Uh, and so paying attention to our own hearts and lives and making sure that we're quick to repent, we're mm-hmm. quick to uh, come back to Christ. To, which even then, this should be also the calling of every Christian, right? Uh, and examine. Right. This is what we're called to do at the Lord's table: is to examine ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And to, of course, remember Christ and the gospel and repent of sin. So, but of course, an elder, this must be evident in their life. Yeah. You know, if they're going to mm-hmm. lead God's people, because, like Josh said, of being an example. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we can't we can't mess this up, guys. Mm-hmm. And and this is so important. That if we do mess it up and we're no longer a good example, then we can't serve in that position. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. if, if right, because going back to the qualifications, above reproach, blameless. Mm-hmm. If we, if that can be true of us, and we have a bad reputation now because of something in our life, um, whether it was you know something to do with our marriage or or you know sexual promiscuity or whatever or greed or whatever whatever it might be. That disqualifies us from leading God's people because God's people then are going to look to us and and are called to imitate us as we imitate Christ. So mm-hmm. it, there's too much at stake. Mm-hmm. There's too much at stake. So pay attention to yourselves and to the flock. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're also called to look at the lives of our people. Mm-hmm. So help help flesh that out. So, well, if there's a, on the flip side, if there's um, someone who's watching this, is there ever a time that, an elder sins that there's a biblical precedent or process to walk through. What would the scripture say that we're to uh, pursue if there was an elder who may have sinned? First Timothy five. Who wants to read it? First mm-hmm. Timothy five. Five nineteen. Sword drill. First one there. Read it. <laughs> <laughs> it. Says the elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. And then uh, verse 19 says, do not, be, do not receive an accusation against an elder except on the basis of two or three witnesses. Uh, that's to say you can't bypass Matthew 18, right? right? Treat him as you would treat any other member of the church. There needs to be multiplicity of witness. Uh, but then verse 20 says, those who continue in sin rebuke in the presence of all so that the rest may also be fearful of sinning. Hmm. Very good. So the process is what? Two or three witnesses. Right. Right. Private confrontation. Right. Two or three witnesses. Matthew 18. And those who persist in sin. Not those who sin, right? Of course, it depends, I think, just like church discipline, right? Mm -hmm. It's those who persist in sin, who are not repenting, who are showing that they... If they're not repenting, there's there's no fruit of their salvation. Mm -hmm. So we need to treat them as an unbeliever. And the same thing here with, with an elder, those who persist in sin. Mm-hmm. And it's not to be private. There be what? Rebuke them in the presence of all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so just as we are an example in leading our churches by our lives, we are also to be an example by by what? Uh, what, what would you call that? Our Not our condemnation, but our... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I would say before it gets there, we, we're supposed to be examples in repentance. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It should never come to that. It's exactly. the whole point of this, I think. Yeah. It should yeah. never come to that. We should model repentance. Right. Um, and when that, that starts in the home. You know, we talked about this being a, um, something not just for people who aspire to the office, but for fathers, for husbands, for, for, for other men, yeah. uh, teaching the people around them. Uh, we as fathers in our homes, whether or not we aspire to be a pastor, mm-hmm. our, our family will never 
Uh, we should never expect our family to rise above the level of devotion that we have to the Lord. Mm, very true. And um, and when it comes to sin, we ought to be the the, the chief repenters in our homes, Amen. the ones yes. who are modeling repentance for our children. Um, and if you don't have children, you can still model repentance for those around you. And if you're an elder, you ought to model repentance when you sin. And, and if you persist, there are dire consequences. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It speaks to the importance of plurality of, of elders, have multiple elders mm-hmm. as well, um, who are going to be able to uh, help you and keep you accountable yeah. to that standard, um, to mm-hmm. call you to truth. Uh, we were just we were just here with mm-hmm. with Tom Askell, and he was sharing with us, and he for a moment shared about the importance of of having his fellow elders and the blessing that's mm-hmm. been to him, even some of the big decisions that he's recently been a part of, mm-hmm. uh, and how. Someone, someone asked him, like, how, how were you able to handle all of this? And right. he said, it was because of my fellow elders. Yeah. That's, I did these things based on the approval and the, the agreement with these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pastors need yeah. pastors, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. Pastors we, need pastors. We also, yeah. we, are, we are Christians. Sure. We are sheep as well. We're to lead, but we also need to be cared for, right? Yeah. And like Josh said earlier, being a pastor is one of the most wonderful privileges uh, that we can have. But it is a tough job, right? So uh, we need, if you're trying to do it by yourself, that is, that's tough. So not only the accountability side, but the coming alongside and helping. Yeah, because a flock, as as you've alluded to, uh, has a lot of needs, right? And so one guy by himself, it can be a lonely, tough job. So the scripture talks to uh, appointing a plurality of elders, more than one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And God is gracious to raise up elders in his church. Yeah. to minister yeah. to his flock. Yeah. Amen. And why is this all important? Well, the cost of God's people. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul tells the Ephesian elders um, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Mm-hmm. Oh, elders need to guard their people because they are precious. They're mm-hmm. precious because they were bought with a precious price. Mm-hmm. This is this is nothing to play games with, yeah. right? This is Christ's bride. Christ's bride. That he's stewarded under the care. Of course, he's the head of the church, yeah. but he's stewarded the care of his bride to right. faithful pastors and elders. Right. That should make us quake. <laughs> yeah. makes, us, makes me want to sing, the church is one foundation, right? <laughs> he came and sought her, yeah. his holy bride. Amen. With his own blood, he That's bought right. her. Amen. So this isn't for, to be a celebrity? I thought that we were supposed to be celebrities. <laughs> no, this isn't? Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, there, I want to make one point. There's some who would say um, what we just read in, in 1 Timothy 3. Well, that was just for, the, that was just for Timothy. That was just for, for Ephesus. And yet, uh, we mentioned Titus, but it's really interesting to me that, that Timothy's in Ephesus... We have more of a cosmopolitan um, city, but he almost verbatim repeats the same exact qualifications to Titus, to Titus. on Crete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this isn't a, a localized first century right. uh, mm-hmm. dogma that Paul is beating his drum on, and we, mm-hmm. can, we can now you know, step away from that. Uh, we, we still have the same you know, uh, unchanging mm-hmm. truth today. And so those yeah. qualifications haven't changed in 2,000 years. They never mm-hmm. will change. And so I'm encouraged by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so, so to be an elder is not to build your own platform. Right. Right. Not to build, to make yourself more famous or to make yourself rich or get, you know, write books or anything like that. To make yourself well known. Being an elder is an under shepherd, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We're not the shepherd of the church, or we are under shepherds underneath the lordship of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. who, again, this is his bride, like Pilgrim said, he bought her. We're to take care of her as he has commanded. Mm -hmm. And how has. 
he commanded us to take care of her with his word. Mm-hmm. He's washing the church with the washing of water by the word, right? To present to himself uh, his bride, you know, without wrinkle, right, or blemish. Mm-hmm. And so we've been tasked with that. Of course, Christ does the work through his word, you know, but we're, uh, he's been called, he's called us uh, and those men like us to to do this. Mm-hmm. So it's a high calling, something mm-hmm. to take very seriously. So what would you tell men who are listening to this, who maybe, maybe they're kind of wondering, maybe the Lord's calling them to be an elder. What, what would, what would your advice be to them? Well, What's their next step? As Alan read, the very first uh, qualification is if you desire this, mm-hmm. it's a noble yeah. task. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage uh, someone who's praying about this and looking through, continue to read through, uh, to approach your pastors, approach mm-hmm. your elders and express that to them. Let them know, hey, this is something I am praying about and I'm uh, maybe I'm qualified. I'd, I'd like to be considered. And I think that's uh, if you're a part of a church where there is a biblical eldership, they're going to be excited about that. They're going to give you some next steps. Uh, we have men in our church who have come to us. And so uh, we've said to them, that's a wonderful, noble thing, but but maybe not yet. We have some areas of growth to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say that approach your leadership. So, uh, so go to your pastors, yeah. right? Go to yeah. your current elders and 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 have and have them look into your life, have them examine you, help them mm-hmm. train you to see if this is really what the Lord has for you. Yeah. And I think yeah. sub- submit to whatever they want to examine or help. I, I had a young mm-hmm. man come to me once. And he, he showed up at our church and he said, hey, I, I just got out of jail uh, and uh, I just became a Christian while I was in jail and God told me that I'm going to be a pastor at your church. Um, and so I'm here to let you know that. And, okay, did you uh, install him? Stuck him right up there. Wow. No, I said, oh, I said, that's awesome that, that you want to pursue pastoral ministry. Why don't we get together and meet and let's talk about what that looks like? Yeah. Uh, and he never came back uh, to our church again. <laughs> so, he didn't get the memo. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He didn't get the memo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. until you shot. So, <laughs> right. And so if you are approaching your pastors, elders, and you have the desire, submit to what they want to look at. Let them help you. Let them groom you into that position as opposed to uh, just immediately expecting. Yeah. Better, and that's, that's Hebrews 5. No one takes the honor for himself. Right. He was appointed by God. And, right. and uh, Acts 28, the, the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer. So it's important for men not to self-appoint. Right. Right. Yes. Right. Very much so. Yeah, there's an internal and an external calling, right? And, and that's kind of the terms we would use the internal calling would be the sense and the desire the external calling would be the affirmation of the church of your elders saying yes you have these qualities or at least you seem to have these qualities and you have potential and and that would be the time process you say let's observe this let's walk carefully through this Um, and if god is calling you to pastoral ministry uh the opportunities will come Mm -hmm. that's great that's great brothers well, there's much, much more we could say on this topic, and uh, I'm sure we could wax eloquent some more. But we just wanted to have uh, uh, just a shorter episode to help you understand maybe the topic of elders. And we will probably explore this in, more in the future, maybe with some articles. We do have an article on the forum currently about um, what is an elder. Perfect. So Great. check that out on thegospelforum.com, and you can learn more about uh, elders in the local church. Let's just give a little plug to our friends yeah. at Founders here. Definitely. We've been coming here. We came here to uh, Pastor's Lunch. Let's plug the two books they gave us. One, uh, Brothers, We Are Not Plagiarists. So if you're considering about teaching God's Word, this is a great pastoral plea to forsake the peddling of God's Word by David Schrock. And uh, this book by Tom Askell, The Necessity of Accommodation and the Danger of Compromise. 
in the life and ministry of the church. So you can find both of these resources on Founders Ministry website, founders.org. So check that out and um, download them, buy them, and you won't regret it. Well, sign up for the, for the men's conference and uh, looking forward to seeing you in November. But this has been another episode of the Gospel Forum Podcast. And until next time, keep on reforming. You did it! <laughs> no. I was about to say keep reforming. <laughs> no, let me try to keep on reforming. All right. Thank you.